Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind. All right, I'm Kedar Foster, and I'm a filmmaker in Los Angeles. And I am Rudy Ruiz. I'm also a director and cinematographer based out of Los Angeles. You bitch, I was going to say all that, and then you said say filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Tipsy Serling Podcast. Look, I don't want you to think I'm nuts or anything. It's nothing like that. It's just that, well, it's just that I don't seem to remember who I am. All right, this week in news, um, we don't have any news. We saw Avengers Infinity War. We had issues. <laughs> we had thoughts. Are we going to get into it a little bit? Did we like it? I liked it, man. All right. It was all right. I might fight you on that, but it was all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, time for listener letters. And we don't fucking have any yet. So. <laughs> what cigarette do you smoke? You'll be interested to know how the doctors of America answered that question. As we all know, and as you know, Rudy shamans over the centuries have used reality altering substances to lubricate their transitions into altered states so how are we going to do that for our entry into the twilight zone today all right well today we're going to be using some whiskey and some ipa beer to uh get us into the zone so every episode we'll start off talking about some sort of spirit some sort of uh craft brew we even got a uh, some wines coming up at some point nice and today to start us off since this came out just a few months ago and i'm really into it jameson casks mates ipa edition and we're gonna be pairing that up with the angel city brewery ipa because uh i mean why not a whiskey aged in uh ipa barrels why not have some ipa afterwards all right I'm with so we're it. gonna go ahead and pop this uh, open i've never had this so i'm a little excited all right it's pretty good we're going to be drinking this neat because I just don't like the rocks. Fuck all that. You know what? It's not all about you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. So we got that. Cheers. Cheers. Enter the zone. Yep. Pretty simple. Sweet. Definitely citrusy. A little bit of that hot flavor. Yeah. yeah, I should I should have. This fucking I, I watched you. I like sh- a classy I gentleman. Yeah, I should have told. And I gulped the whole fucking thing down. I should have told you beforehand. Yeah, we're we're not doing shots here. We're we got to make this last. My bad. All right, now we got that IPA. So apparently the profile kind of changes when you uh, intermix it. So you can have a little. I'll pour you another. All right, Jameson. Cool. After yeah, that. I'm a I'm a, a neophyte. So yeah. You're the whiskey guy. You're the bourbon guy. So a little bit. I can only say so much. Angel City, though, if you live in Los Angeles, right. they're out in the uh, Arts District right off Alameda. Really good spot to hang out. You got some good flights there. Good shit. Yeah. Right. So that's that. Yeah, some Jameson Caskmates IPA. Again, really good. A little, little bit of hop, definitely citrusy on the sweet end for sure. Um, and, yeah, I'd say it does pair well with the IPA for yeah, sure. Right. Did that sound like I knew what I was talking about? It did. That's <laughs> fine, yeah. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. So we are here to talk about Where Is Everybody? The first episode in the first season of The Twilight Zone. Where Is Everybody? was directed by Robert Stevens and written by Rod Serling. Featuring music by Bernard Herman. Rudy, where do we know Bernard Herman's name from? 
Shit, man. Psycho, Taxi Driver, a bunch shit. of other stuff. All the Hitchcock shit. Yeah, yeah all the Hitchcock yeah. stuff, yeah. A lot. Taxi Driver. I had no idea he did that theme, but it makes so much sense. I didn't know that till right Those now. Those strings, I was dude. I pretend I knew it and like sound classy, but I didn't Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, I mean, you got to keep it You gotta that. keep it real. I had no idea. I'm glad to know that. He's That's the man. Awesome. He's fucking rad. Yeah. And cinematography by Joseph La Lachelle. Lachelle. I've never heard of this dude. I don't know what he's done before. Probably a lot of TV. I mean, I'm sure they're all television people, you know, most of them. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll find someone who had a pretty big film career afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the original air date for this episode was October 2nd, 1959. I was not born yet. Rudy, were you born yet? Hell no. <laughs> all right. So. This episode is basically about a man who finds himself alone on a dirt road and he doesn't remember who he is or where he is. So he walks towards a diner and he finds a jukebox and it's playing and there's coffee on the stove. And so he thinks he's going to be in for a great meal and there's no fucking people around. No one. And he like literally spends the entire episode talking to himself. (laughs) Uh, He's dressed in an Air Force flight suit and uh he really doesn't know who he is so he basically walks through the town and it seems deserted but there's always like these weird proofs that people were just there and he just missed them like there's food on the stove cooking there's like water dripping in the sink there's a cigar burning in an ashtray which really freaked me out um yeah (laughs) yeah and so basically he's walking through the town and uh there's a phone booth that rings And he goes to answer it and there's nobody there. And then he like looks through the phone book and tries to contact people. And he sees a mannequin in a, in a truck. And he has like an entire monologue with the mannequin before he realizes it's the mannequin, which was odd. (laughs) (laughs) That to me Uh, was reminiscent of, well, I am legend when he's said, well, uh, I should say I am legend. That scene is reminiscent of this episode. That's immediately what I thought of. Deserted Times Square. And then there's the, he has that video store with the, right. And there's a horrible CGI deer that I fucking hated. So obviously CGI. (laughs) Sorry, Francis. That was 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 horrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then um, it turns to nighttime and he goes to that movie theater and he sees a poster advertising that film battle him. And that basically makes him remember that he's in the Air Force. Hi, everybody. I'm in the Air Force. Air Force. Air Force, what does that mean? Was there a bomb? That must have been it, a bomb. But if there was a bomb, everything would be destroyed, and nothing is destroyed. And so he goes into the theater and he sits down. He watches the movie, which is playing, even though there's no one in the theater. And he starts to wonder if he's like the last survivor of a nuclear war. And he starts to freak out finally. <laughs> After like an entire day, he finally starts to freak out. And there's this beautiful moment in the episode where he runs into the lobby of the theater and crashes into a mirror. But the scene is shot through the mirror so you're not aware that the mirror is there until he crashes into it and it's like your entire reality breaks down and it's a really really beautiful gorgeous moment uh so then he runs out into the street and he's like super paranoid because he feels like he's being watched and then he keeps screaming for people to help him and then you come to realize he's actually not 
in a deserted town. He's in this weird fucking military pod and they're doing like an isolation experiment on him because they want to see how humans will fare going to Mars or the moon. some of the moon. Thank you. The moon. That's why there's two people on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Well, how uh, astronauts would fare going to the moon and being isolated for like extended amounts of time. And in a way, I get it. And it's totally rad. But in another way, it's so fucked up. <laughs> And then they carry him out on a stretcher, and he sees the moon above him, and he says, um, hey, don't go away up there. Next time, it won't be a dream or a nightmare. Next time, it'll be for real, so don't go away. We'll be up there in a little while, and it's, like, kind of a really touching moment after all that craziness. Um, the cast consists of Earl Holloman, who is the main character, Mike Ferris, and James Gregory, who is the general, and Gary Wahlberg as Colonial. The, the colonel. Pfft, I almost said colonial. <laughs> uh, Freudian slip. Uh, as the colonel. No relation to Mark Wahlberg or the Wahlberg family or Wahlberg burgers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, Rudy. What did you think about Where Is Everybody? It was all right. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was... A little slow, especially compared to some of the other, you know, episodes and content they've got. Mm. I, I can imagine it being a solid first episode, the kickoff Twilight Zone, though. I, I do have to give props to the actor because, I mean, I don't act, but I imagine it's got to be hard to do it completely by yourself and it's have nobody odd. to feed off of yeah. and just you being like, hey, can I have a coffee? You know, that part when, <laughs> when he goes into there. the diner and no one's there and he swears that someone's like, going to come out. Hey, yeah. playing American with American yeah. money. Come help me. <laughs> he did say that, didn't he? Yeah. I was um, like, this fucker's a little entitled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I'm a military man. Give me a burger. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, no props. And then when he gets to that mannequin part, which is pretty creepy, you know, he's so stoked and it just a fucking mannequin falls out yeah. of his driver's seat or whatever. Um, yeah, no, so props for that. Um, I felt like that part was a little forced. Like, the distance that he was from the truck, I feel like if his eyes were twenty twenty, he would have seen that it was a mannequin. Right, right. But, you know I mean, I mean like, you got to remember, too, though, like, even though the show may only be so long, like, well, I guess it's suspension of disbelief, right? Like, chances mm -hmm. are this dude's been wandering around for fucking hours. True, true, true. You know, and at this point, he's... Delirious. He wants to... His mind is making it so, just like his mind is making it so that this whole event is happening. Because True. really, it's like they said, it's um his imagination just ran off with him because he's been isolated. It was like four hundred and eighty-four oh, yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, said that was such a it weird was like thing. Two it was two weeks or something. Exactly four hundred eighty-four hours. Four hundred eighty-four. Like yeah. Um. I don't know that part when he talks to the moon or whatever after. I thought it was kind of cheesy to be honest. That kind of pulled mm, me out. I mean, a bit, yeah. I I feel like it would have hit close to home a little more if he was fucking fearful and, like, didn't want to go. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of stock, though. I don't know. I, You know, I guess it's kind of like neat that he wanted to get after it still. You yeah, know, yeah. like, oh, we're going to do this thing, but fuck, He's also man. a military man, so he's, like, trying. I think yeah. he's trained not to panic yeah. too quickly because if you put me in a fucking. Sorry, I just, I just fucking <laughs> That's that, that, that angel yeah, city that. coming back. Yeah, All yeah. right. <laughs> If it's you put good. me in an isolation booth for 424 hours, my reality is going to be a whole lot more fucked up than this guy's was. Like, he was like, 
Oh yeah. Very comforting small town America. Like yeah. burgers on yeah. the grill, milkshake, fucking they're, diner. They're, they're like. all like he cracked like yeah. <laughs> I, I would have cracked crack for though? a few hours in. Did he crack though? Because I would, two hours in, my shit would have been melting like Inception. Like it would, <laughs> <laughs> it would not have yeah. been as nice as his was. So yeah. he's a better man than I. I will tell you one thing I noticed, and I had to look it up as we were going, is when he's like walking around the town square after the diner and he goes mm-hmm. into the phone booth and he's looking around. I was like, this place looks pretty familiar. Back to the future? Yeah, that's why I kept yeah! saying. Yeah, now that's you know. Hill Valley. Hill. That's what am I know. That's what I meant by Hill Valley, fool. Oh, yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I when I earlier so when I hit right you now. up and I was like, oh, yeah, Hill Valley, and you're like, I don't know what you're I talking about. I thought it was I a was place like, in California. I, was, I don't fucking know California No, no, Hill, yeah, Hill Valley is Back to the Future, Literally the, the universal my backlot. <laughs> second note is Back to the Future set, question mark? Yeah, no, I had to be sure. I saw it, and I was like, dude. I know this is fucking Hill Valley. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's Hill Valley. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it's like, oh yeah, Hill Valley. Okay, (laughs) I'm not crazy because my first note was that mannequin bit was forced. (laughs) And then my second note was, isn't Back Back to the the Future? future? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's 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 awesome to see that that set is still used Dude, so much. They man. have gotten so, so much, much out of that fucking set. I don't yeah. even want to go and like see yeah. what other movies have been shot in that set. I'm well, sure it's like 55 uh, movies. Yeah, that's, there's a whole podcast <laughs> on that waiting to happen, man. <laughs> like, the Hill Valley yeah, set. A move, a movies on the Hill Valley set. Stay yeah. tuned for the Hill Valley podcast yeah. coming next year. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, man, that's that's that. Fuck, there's, I have a note that there was a rotating shot that I loved, and I don't remember what part of the episode was a rotating shot. Shit. I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> remember. Next time I'll do better. <laughs> um, that I, part, d- I do like. Sorry, if we're gonna talk shots, like yeah, let's talk. You're I a mean, cinematographer. This, this is, talk shots yeah, to me, oh, baby. No, talk it's, shots. It's, it's silly and simple, but I like when he's in the theater, and he's like, "Who's running the projector or whatever?" And yeah. he runs up and. He's like looking through the booth in the projection room, and there's that nice shaft of fucking mm-hmm. hard light from on the his face, like eyelight. And he's like, yeah. yeah. That's actually the know, first part the... where I started getting uncomfortable with the episode, because everything up to that, I was like, all right, this feels like a standard kind of like '50s movie, whatever, and there's nobody there. Although this the section inside the telephone booth where he couldn't get out, kind of like. I have anxiety, yeah. and it started, yeah, yeah. like, making my anxiety go up a little bit. And I was like, Ugh. But then it was just like he had to pull the door instead of, like, pushing yeah. it. And I was like, oh, you fucking and that, dick. Well, no, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's good because that's him, like, just getting so anxious right. and not well, thinking okay, about what he's like, doing. Mm, but um, dick. <laughs> also, man, did better. fucking, um, what was I going to say? And you mentioned this earlier. That c- cigar part was kind of cr- – because – from what I remember, like he's there, and what room is he in when he sees it? Is it like a, the police station That's, or something, right? Yes. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. And you don't see anything, and then you just see the smoke trail up. So it's right. as it's literally as if someone had just put it down, and then he looks, and it's and it's a fresh cigar, and you know. That's no one of the things about the episode for me. Like, if there was just no one there and no evidence of anyone there, I would have been kind of fine with it. But the fact that there was like food there and cigars smoking there and like the movie theater the fact that it felt like he just missed people being there made it like more freaky to me right as right. opposed to it just being no one there because there's no one there that's fine like yeah i'm an introvert i'm happy when there's no one around so i would have been totally fine in, <laughs> in this scenario but the fact that there's like a cigar burning and there's like food being i'm just like and the jukebox is playing when he went to that diner yeah that kind of fucking freaks me out because it's like was there someone just here and i missed them like yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I also really like that um, he kept shouting, where is everybody? And not where is everyone? Mm -hmm. Because like from a writer's perspective, it it's a really good shortcut to letting you know that he's like a meat and potatoes, normal kind of guy, like not hung up on like, you know what I mean? Like he's just an, a military guy and he's doing his thing and he's like salt of the earth. Like it's like a really quick writer's shorthand for letting you know like he's not like a super classist like upper crust right movie. right so, huh i really appreciated that part um <clears throat> so there's a part in the episode where he starts shouting um i want to wake up from this or get me out of this and that part really kind of freaked me out because the one time that i did acid i had a fine experience and it was whatever and it was fine but like the way my personality is and the way my brain is wired when I'm done with something, I'm done with something. And so like I was on this acid trip and I was sitting under my friend's table and I was watching the ceiling tiles like change and mold. And then I decided that I was done with the acid trip and it wasn't done. And I'm going, okay, I'm done. Like I want it to be done. I'm ready to be done. And like, so like that moment in that episode brought me back to that moment of being like out of control of your environment and not being able to just stop whatever is happening. So, for me, that like that hit me on a like, kind of level. Yeah, yeah, I can't relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that well, you. Maybe I'm, you need I'm to drop glad, some acid, Rudy, yeah. so you can get on my level. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you backed away from the mic to laugh. It's kind of similar to Chocolate Rain. <laughs> I don't, so. What's that? What's Chocolate Rain? <sighs> Chocolate Rain podcast coming up soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Do um, I get to be in Chocolate Rain because I'm brown? I mean, you could be. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Okay, sweet. We're both brown, so we both yeah. get to be in chocolate yeah. ring. Okay. <laughs> no. Just kidding. Um, yeah. I don't have much to add. I feel after like that, this episode man. didn't it's do pretty... it for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's all, it's all right. It's an interesting idea. I think it. Um, yeah, it's just. I, I guess I know there's a lot more coming mm. that's a little more. Uh, yeah. Uh, intense probably isn't the right word, but. I could, I would say there are some episodes that are intense. Yeah. There's a couple that make me very uncomfortable. Right, right. And flat out, there's some that are flat out just like I like don't want to watch because like it's scary to me. Yeah, in yeah. a weird way. Um, I will say that this is like 50s America watching television. Yeah, and yeah, he has to like ease them into the weirdness of this show. Yeah, definitely. So I can see why he didn't like push it like extremely crazy because it probably wouldn't have gone made yeah. if he did. Yeah. Um, did you like that bit with the mirror? Because that's my favorite part. I did. I was not yes. expecting that. I was yes. not expecting it. When he runs back down and you think it's the shot of him right. kind of running towards the camera. And then all of a sudden he runs and fucking cracks reality his fucking reality just mirror, cracks dude. the yeah. shower. It's like, it's that, so that was, good. Yeah. I can't so believe good. I forgot about that. So good. That was probably the most surprising. Because at that point, mm -hmm. nothing that wild or outlandish has happened right. yeah. it's not but twilight zone yeah, yeah besides like all right this movie is randomly playing and there's a mannequin in a car like yeah weird but you know and we saw him from what i remember we see him walk through that lobby and it's that same shot and then right. now it's and then it's him like, breaking the mirror yeah take this fucker yeah <laughs> and yeah i mean that's uh, that's some good directing right there too i yeah. feel like that's um you know it parallels what the viewer is, is going through you know because his reality just completely right. got shattered as our yeah 
should have our perspective of it. Right? I don't know, man. It was no, cool though. I, I wasn't was a fucking beautiful yeah. moment. Yeah. I do hate that fucking moment where he's like eating ice cream in front of the mirror in that in the lobby. I think he's in the lobby of the theater. He, yeah, like, something like that. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. He's eating though. ice cream in the lobby and like monologuing to the mirror, <laughs> and I'm like, I sort of understand what the writers are going for, but. Like for me, that part just didn't work. It didn't bother me, but oh man, what do you say? I wish I remember what he said at that point when yeah. he's like, ah, I don't know. Well, I'm it gonna, didn't bother. I'm gonna me. lay it in anyway, so <laughs> the viewers will know what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, uh, after he, oh, there's also this beautiful moment where he's going through like a book stand, like a rotating book stand. And one of the books is The, the Last, Last Man, Man on, on Earth. Earth. Well, that was all of it. Wasn't the whole entire stand? Yes, it was all that Last book. Last Man on Earth, yeah. But also, I noticed on the back of that book, there it said, uh, don't be half a man. And I thought that was really interesting. Don't be half a man. And I feel like maybe that was like an external sort of representation of his anxiety about completing these hours in this isolation right, right. pod and like being right. a good enough astronaut to like go to the moon properly. So I thought that was interesting. I like the last the last man on Earth thing, which is like kind of obvious, but then yeah. the back of the book is like you kind of squinted and saw I that. I didn't notice that. I, yeah. Maybe I probably looked. Away. It's okay. I'm just better than so. you. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a sip of some good. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that don't be half a man was. I found that really kind of fascinating. And all maybe like a little peek into his psyche because he doesn't know who he is, and then. We as viewers don't know anything about him either. So it's almost kind of hard to relate to him in a weird way because we don't really know shit about him. And we don't, he's kind of like generic 50s white guy. <laughs> so like we don't, like there's nothing really to make us go, oh, who is this guy? What's going on with him? Like, you know, yeah. it's like the absence of other people that yeah. make it interesting. But him as a character, like alone, I don't find him interesting. And I wouldn't give a shit about him if the circumstances were different. I would say that. Okay, I mean you can fight me on it. Sorry. Well, I mean I, I I I'm I'm right there with you. But would you find any individual interesting? I mean, what would they have to do or be differently that would make you care? Yeah, I mean, good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean like any, I feel like, like any person would a be a one-handed lesbian in a wheelchair. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but something, something, <laughs> some kind of quirk. Yeah. We're probably right. going to cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> um, my final note for this episode was after the mirror break, this is when I started to love the episode because I know it's so awkward. This is when I started to love the episode because it started turning into like something I would respond to, like a weird paranoia film noir kind of thing. Like we started having Dutch tilts and lots of shadows uh-huh. and it felt like an actual mm-hmm. noir Whereas the first part of the episode, most of the episode kind of felt like uh, 50s TV. Yeah, it's pretty me. it's pretty stock. And I mean, yeah. well, it, it, it fits the narrative, too, though, because that change in contrast and well, one, it's becoming night by the time he gets out of the theater. True. He's been there all day. Yeah. How many we, movies do you think he watched in that fucking theater? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um. What was I gonna say? I don't know. I thought you so were. it fits the, the the narrative, like you know, realistically, yeah, it's becoming nights, and the, and that's conveying the idea that 
even though we're watching this 26, 27 minute mm-hmm. episode, He's gone it's been a, a full day, day of this shit, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's escalating at that point because his breaking point comes when he go like, when he's in a theater and he realizes he's in the Air Force and there's no one in the projection room and that mm. he, it's nighttime now. And yeah, it's more contrasty, it's more low key, more noirish, like you say. You know, and it should be that way. It should get darker. It should yeah. f- try to get the audience to feel a, a similar way. You yeah. Know? And I mean, again, like our being people of the, the last few decades, you know, like our our perspective on that is a lot different than True. some like 50s. Fucking, sort of yeah. Someone audience. in 1959 is watching this. Like, yeah. Although, I mean, the 50s television audience is aware of film noir, so they've had a whole cycle of noir so they they're not like completely thrown off yeah. of the episode no yeah i mean I'm, they i i get that is. but i mean it would strike closer to home still than it would for us you know true because we're seeing we're experiencing media a lot differently i don't know i'm probably not being clear and it's kind of vague but I, okay. I can't think of any examples right now sponsored by angel city brewery <laughs> ipa <laughs> yeah let's throw that in again <laughs> Jameson Caskesmates IPA edition. Woo! It's really good, guys. Yeah, it's really good. What did you feel about the when he came out of the pod because he had hit the panic button? Yeah. And then the military like pulled him out of the pod and put him on a stretcher and took him away. Like, what do you, beyond the episode? What do you think happened to him? Do you think they locked him up, or do you think he actually got to be on a mission to like, I, the moon? It, I think he actually went. You know, it's if I were me imagining the future of this character. Mm-hmm. It seems like he did get to go because, well, I mean, he was, was it two weeks or was it longer? It was two, three weeks, something like that. I mean, 484 hours. I don't really know how long that is. Yeah. Well, they, they say, too, because there's one point where they're like, what do you think would happen to you if you were alone in a five-by-five five room for two and a half weeks or whatever? Like He, he right. also says that on top of the hours. Okay. Um, As a side note to the listener, I live in a five by five apartment <laughs> yeah. for 424 hours yeah. a week in but Los he's, Angeles he's, for like yeah. fucking a thousand dollars. So he's not lying. I'm there. I can go to the moon. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, he's ready. I can do it. I'm he's ready. ready. Just ready. give him he ready. some he ready. Cri- Criterion collection. Right. He ready. He ready. Um, <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> but no, I mean, I imagine that he did go and he was fine. Like. For a moment, I thought when he came out and they put him on the gurney, he was going to be fucking out of his mind, like still stuck right. in that like talking to crazy reality. Yeah, but yeah. he was fine and just like, oh, like I didn't, I don't remember what he says, but he he was fine. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I he broke was a little disappointed like, that he didn't like last longer. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like bizarre to me. Yeah, well, and again, and you brought up that point. Like, he's committed, you know. It's that he's a military that military man. mentality. Um, and he. You know, and you even brought up too when he talks in the moon. Like next time, it's gonna be like so. Ugh, sorry, excuse me. Goddamn. <laughs> he's real. still he's still hungry to, get, to hung, get to the hungry moon. to go. You know, what I mean, yeah. he's he's not completely out of his mind. Which I was, that kind of stuff freaks me out. You know, especially when it comes to like the U.S. military, like just mm-hmm. experimenting on poor just, people. Yeah. Like, because there's a real that, history there. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. That, it's, it's, it's all too real. Yeah, and that exactly. goes into where this is like kind of relevant because I'm sure similar things have happened before during the space race and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw yeah, the figures. I, I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that you know it it worked out for him. I don't think they fucking 
took him out. Took him to like took a, him out back a, and a padded shot room. Shot him and shit. Head, yeah. <laughs> it was you the know? 50s. You don't even know. Yeah. They might have lobotomized yeah. him and gave him electroshock yeah. therapy and shit. <laughs> but no, he seemed ready to go. Like he was fine. And like you said, like it, like he was a little more disappointed that he didn't last yeah. longer. And he's like, oh, I just had this fucking bad dream or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and this is before we actually, as Americans, went to the moon. Right. Right. Since right. 60s yeah. We went to the moon. So. Yeah, before still, Stanley Kubrick took us to the moon. Right I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, let's get that I'm, out I'm of just, too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> just ru- I'm just ruffling feathers. Conspiracy so. theorists, yeah. <laughs> listeners, we encourage you to listen to our podcast as well. So come on in with your conspiracy theories. We know Stanley Kubrick shot the moon landing for NASA, and we know it's all real. Come on. <laughs> we know it's all in the shining. Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, all the clues are in the yeah. shining, right? <laughs> you got to look at that carpet. Did you, did you see that can of beans in yeah. the pantry? <laughs> By the way, who the fuck let Jack Torrance out of that refrigerator? That's that's, that's the, the biggest yeah. fucking question in that movie. <laughs> How did he get out the pantry? Because fucking olive oil did a really good job of locking him in there. And all of a sudden, a the really, door opens. Yeah, a really good job of locking him in there. <laughs> all of a sudden, the fucking good door job. opens. And he comes out the olive oil with an axe. And it doesn't end well for anyone. So <laughs> stay tuned for our The Shining podcast coming next year. <laughs> Alright, so let's sober up and get out of the zone and back to reality. You walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future. Rudy, does this episode of The Twilight Zone hold up in 2018? I mean, not really, <laughs> kind of like I said before. Well, it's 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 good. It's Twilight Zone. I, I think it's tame for 2018 viewer standards you know even even like i said i mean it, it's interesting i think it's it, it holds up in the fact of like we know deep down that there's some crazy experiments like mm. this and crazier happening probably to our military and innocent right. people back and then it was science that. fiction and yeah, now it's yeah. just fucking youtube fiction yeah i'm sure it was real <laughs> then too man but um yeah i i don't think it it's fine. It doesn't not. It's 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 timeless enough, I guess. I mean, there you it's, have it's it, not... listening audience. Your ringing endorsement of where is everybody? Yeah, no, sorry, I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You probably have a lot more to say, man. <laughs> Go for it. One, season one. Holla. Sorry, sorry, man. Um, I actually didn't haven't decided whether I thought it holds held up or not. Holds up or not. I'm gonna say. It holds up, but as a time capsule. And not so much as something modern feeling. Um, and I definitely enjoyed the last bit with the mirror breaking and the, the noir aspects of it more than the first half. So for that, for me, that part is more substantial than the earlier part. But you also need the earlier part to sort of lead into the last part. So I understand why they yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, for 2018, when we have like Black Mirror and like that's what I was gonna say. Philip yeah. K. Dick's like electric. Dream. It's just like yeah, yeah. This is this is like a pretty lightweight Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I'll yeah. say. I mean, it's still great, and you know, respect to the originators. Yeah, because we wouldn't have any of the shit we have now it's without the Twilight Zone. Intro to the Zone. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're actually bringing back the Twilight Zone with uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele right? So 
I'm Which is the, to see that'll be work. yeah. And I, I when I saw Get Out, I definitely thought of it as like this is very Twilight Zone. Elongated Twilight Zone episode, yeah. Very Twilight Zone. It's fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have another podcast on how Get Out is real. Yeah, so join us for the <laughs> Get Into Get yeah. Out podcast <laughs> coming next year. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, like in Lakeith Stanfield, the dude, oh, uh, so awesome, dude who gets taken at the beginning of that movie he's is so only good. like 26 years old i thought that was a lot older. you texted that to me yeah like yesterday and my mind was kind of blown because i thought he was like 30 something like like me. yeah <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah he's like my age 30 something and then you're like no he's 20 i was like fuck yeah i was like god damn this dude's younger than what me what was i doing I i'm not like, doing shit <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> speaking of which i don't know what i was doing what's that what's that movie that's coming out soon with him in july oh i want to see that shit the, where, where they're like, like the tele- telemarketer sorry to bother you yeah. yeah that shit was like we gotta check that out yeah, if i'm definitely. in town i think it like took sundance by storm or some shit oh yeah they released a trailer for it and i was like oh i'm totally in i think tessa thompson's in it too and I love the fuck out of it. Yeah, her. yeah, she is. So yeah, I'm super excited for and that. And Glenn from The Walking Dead, man. That's what's Steven, up. Steve Steven Young. Young. Yeah. yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. He's having a little Instagram trouble right now. I, uh, oh, I started I don't, following him. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I'm afraid. It's fucking 2018 fucking shit. Let's not, let's not even get into it. All right, Rudy. So we both agree that the episode, it's decent, but it doesn't hold up in 2018. And it's also a very sort of light precursor to what the Twilight Zone ends up becoming. Yeah. So we agree on that. Um, I don't even know how to wrap this up. <laughs> hey, kids, if you're in the military, uh, don't join an isolation project and don't let them experiment on you. And uh, hopefully we can get to Mars and solve some uh, problems. Or how about we just solve the problems on Earth before thinking about another planet? That sounds like a good idea to me, man. <laughs> I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. Before we fuck up another planet, how about we fix the one we're on? Alrighty. So this has been the Tipsy Stir... I'm so drunk, I can't remember the name of our podcast. <laughs> Tipsy Serling. This is the Tipsy Serling Podcast. Join us for episode two, where we talk about an episode called One for the Angels, which is season one, episode two of the Twilight Zone, also written by Rod Serling. Oh, man. We should have done another Angel City beer for this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Too late! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tipsy Serling Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Tipsy Serling. You can find us on Instagram, Tipsy Serling underscore podcast. Or you can send us an email at thetspod at gmail.com.